this morning, for those who are newer in, um, my name's Ben, and back in 2010, uh, my wife Claire, who was at the front here, uh, we were felt called by God to start what has become God Central. Um, and if you were with us three weeks ago, we celebrated our 10th birthday, which was, I don't know where it went, but it, it did, it, it was there. Um, and as we start our second decade, you know, last week we did so with a very grateful heart to God. You know, if you were here, uh, we were talking about being the light of the world um, and out of Matthew. And you'll probably notice that we've, we've nicked that as our kind of title verse for the year. You know, that you're the light of the world. And, and so we're so grateful for what God has done. And we're still, you know, trusting him for more. And uh, as we start this second decade, we're going to be looking at the, the culture of God Central. Because uh, for me, uh, strategy is what a lot of people would expect. But if I'm honest, that's not where I'm going to go. Because I think strategy, to some extent, has been easy for us. It's, it's the culture that has been the bit that's, that we've had to learn the hard way. Because culture is how you do things. And it's varied. And, you know, we, we, it just changes. It's why we have just lots of different streams of churches, lots of different church families, because the values are God-given biblical values. They don't change. Do you know what I mean? You know, the vision is God-given vision, and it changes as God speaks. But, and the culture, again, is God-given and changes. But it, it's why some of us fit better in certain places. Do you know what I mean? It, it's the kind of chemistry. It's the way we we do things and so yeah, that's where we're going to start I will just go back though and say values I'm going to plug the coffee again at the end I mean because that they are important they're massively important but so is how we do things around here um, and so that's where we're going to go uh, you know we, we put up last week uh, that culture is a word for the way of life of groups it's the way we do things uh, and as we start the seven weeks the first one we're going to look at today is what 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 we kind of call a culture of a second chance. If you're, if you're into biblical terms, it's that word grace, which was, you know, very much the thing that Terry Virgo kind of wrote a lot about, the founder of our movements, you know. And it, it, the, the culture we're going to look at is that failure isn't fatal. And whether people have messed up morally or taken a ministry risk that hasn't worked out, we want to help them get back on their feet and go again. It's that whole second chance culture which is massive for us. And the way we're going to do these uh, next seven weeks is also a little bit different. Because what we're going to do is every week we've got someone who's going to come up and just give their sort of take on that. Okay, And then uh, Ben and I, as elders of God Central, we're then going to kind of ground it in Scripture and apply it to kind of God Central. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to be like a two-part preach. Don't know how it's going to go, but hey, you've got to start something new at the start of the second decade. Uh, and without further ado, therefore, you'll notice that Billy's wearing the mic, and Bill is going to come up and start talking to us about Second Chance Culture. So can we give Bill a round of applause? And uh, I just want to pray for him. And uh, Bill will talk, and then I'll talk, and then um, we'll enjoy God a bit more, and then some more tea and coffee, and then whatever else. But Father God, I thank you so much for Bill, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the, the, just the total transformation you've done in his life. Lord, the hope, the purpose you've given him. <laughs> that, that, Lord, from being a, yeah, in a tent, <laughs> just without a clue, and wondering what life was about, that he's been welcomed back into the courts of, of, of our God. And just uh, that you delight in him, Father. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you, yeah, just powerfully give him peace, give him confidence, help him to bring your word to us, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, 
Amen. Yeah. Now, this is where we've just got to check that the mic swaps over. Okay, so. One, two. Hello? Yeah. There you go. And you're on there, mate. Right, hello. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Bill. Um, I started coming to God Central in what was it, last year, March, wasn't it, when we moved here to Pemberley. Um, yeah, and I'm here to talk to you about second chance culture. Um, we thought it'd be good to put my salvation in there as well, my testimony, because it is all a part of second chance culture. And basically my testimony is I, I got invited to church and at that point in my life I was homeless, um, recovering from a drug addiction. And um, this church that I got invited to was St Paul's in town. And the guy that was preaching there, I, it was just as if he was talking to me. And that was enough to pique my interest, to keep me going. Um, and then I decided to keep coming to church, and then I joined these guys. And then last year, uh, New Day, I had my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk you through that process to start with. Um, tell you how Jesus saved me. Well, the easy answer would be to say that he died for me on a cross in the place of my sins. And uh, But there's a little bit more to it than that. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit, admitted that I was a sinner and that I needed God's help. Couldn't do life without him. I then repented, wished to change my ways. And then I called out to Jesus and declared that I believe in him and that I want him in my life, that I love him and that he is the resurrected king. And then invited Jesus in as my saviour and he saved me. And I know now that he loves me. Um, that he loves me for who I am and sees past my mistakes. This is where the second chance culture comes into it. Every time now I mess up and I make a mistake... After receiving salvation, God doesn't see my mistakes. He looks down and he sees Jesus in my place. He shows me grace. Yeah. Uh, he allows me room for error, providing that I keep on repenting. What does this mean for me, though? Well, it's made the big changes in my life. I don't look at people and judge them on first impressions anymore. Um, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I try not to look at people and judge them based on first impressions anymore. I try not to look at their baggage. What I mean by baggage is the problems that they carry, you know, the troubles that they carry with them, the grievances they may cause. That isn't baggage. All that baggage doesn't make up what, who a person is. That covers up who they really are. You try to look past the baggage. And... Uh, Rather than look, yeah, rather look at the baggage, look at the person instead. So if you really want to know what a second chance culture is, you only really need to look at your own salvation. Um, but how do we fit that into the, today's culture? Well, like I just ex explained, if a brother or sister grieves you in church, makes a mistake that affects you, don't look at that mistake. Just accept them for who they are. Don't look at the flaws that they carry with them and focus on the person for who they are because that is the way God made them and you're to love them for the person that who they are. You keep on forgiving. Um, 
How many times should you forgive? Well, there's a piece of scripture that I want to bring to you. It's Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. What Jesus is actually saying there, he's not being literal, he's not saying forgive them seven times, or 77 times, or 77 times seven times. It's what he's saying is that you keep on forgiving that person until they get it right. And even if they don't get it right, you forgive them anyway and you continue to show grace. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk to you because this has forced me to look at the way God's grace works. Um, and I want to talk to you about grace. Um, the thing about God's grace, it's not something that we receive from him and then it stops there with us. It's something that we can use. God's grace spreads. It's contagious. It can infect people. And I want to give you an example of that, a personal example for me. See, I told you about going to church and hearing the sermons that changed my life, that led me to Jesus. Um, but there was weeks and weeks and weeks of relationship building with this person that invited me to church. I was, uh, when I was homeless, I was using a charity called Helping Hands. I was there as a service user. At that point in my life, I was a very angry person. I just hated the world, I really did. And the smallest slight against me, it really used to infuriate me. And I met this person from All Nations that was volunteering at the charity. All Nations used the charity as a uh, missionary placement option for the students that study at the college. And um, I found this woman quite attractive. So naturally I wanted to talk to her. She was quite intelligent. Um, so I started talking to her, started getting to know her, and then I found out that she was a Christian. <laughs> and I was like, really? You know, back then I, I, I completely dismissed God. I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had read the Bible, um, bits of it, but I just passed it off as a massive fairy tale that couldn't possibly be true. And, but, you know, I continued to talk to this person anyway, and I became really, really annoying to her. I was constantly trying to get her to question her beliefs. Because I, I didn't want this person to be a Christian. I just, I just wanted this person to be normal so I could have a normal friendship with her. Um, <laughs> I know I was a terrible person. <laughs> a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. No matter how annoying and inappropriate I became around her, she always showed compassion. She always showed love. She remained graceful. Obviously, I didn't understand the concept of grace back then, but I understand now. And weeks and weeks and weeks went on building a friendship with this person. And instead of fancying this person, I now wanted to be like this person. I didn't want to follow Jesus still at the time, but I was sick of getting angry all the time. So as the weeks went on further... I did realize something about myself. I had begun to change. Not even when I was just in the presence of this person. Like As a whole, I stopped judging people based on first impressions, which is something I used to do all the time. I wouldn't take into consideration that person may be having a bad day. You know, so that might not be who the person really is. I looked at life differently. I tackled my problems differently. 
I hadn't realised it then, and to be honest, I didn't realise it until I started looking at God's grace, is that the grace that she showed me had infected me and changed me. And it was because of that change, I was able to reluctantly accept the invitation to church and then go on to hear this preach that changed my life. So that's the rest of my testimony. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, you know, not only does showing grace to someone fit in with a second chance culture, where it's required for a second chance culture, but you are literally putting God on display. You could literally be leading someone to Jesus just by showing grace. So I just want to quickly summarize what a second chance culture is. It's a culture where we don't look at each other's mistakes. We don't judge people because of their mistakes. If someone grieves you in church, you look past the grievance, accept the person for who they are, because that is the way God made them, and you love them that way. But why should we? Why should we maintain a second chance culture that Jesus has built for us? Well, because Jesus gave us a second chance, and we're supposed to follow in his footsteps. God's love and grace that we have access to daily, if you really have given yourself to Jesus, really should compel us to maintain that second chance culture. Um, yeah, I just want to close with a quick prayer and then I'll pass you over to Ben. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray to you today to lift all your children up to you, Lord. Not just we here at God Central, but Christians across the globe. And I pray that we are able to accept people for who they are because that is the way you made them, Lord. And I pray that we love them the way that you made them, Lord. And I pray as they make mistakes, Lord, we are able to look past our mistakes. I pray that we can find Christ in them as you see Christ in us when we make mistakes. And I pray, Lord, each time that we show grace to someone that you are being revealed, Lord. And I pray through you being revealed, we lead people to you and your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray this in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not often I stand up here and think, how do I follow that? <laughs> um, but that, that's, the, that's it, isn't it? You know, that the second chance culture is, is so important. And where we wanted to just ground it was i mean there's so many examples in scripture but we just felt to go to luke 19 the story of jesus as and zacchaeus and again most of us will know the story <laughs> you know most of us may have sung the little songs about zacchaeus being a very small man and needing to climb up the tree and uh, if not i think unfortunately the under 11s will probably get that next week or something <laughs> but but this is a this is a great story of second chance and grace. So I just want to read this to us and then, then just really root what Bill said from Scripture. Because, you know, I think we know, well, a lot of us know Bill, but there's an importance in knowing that we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, yeah? So just uh, let's just read it through, okay? So this is right from the start of chapter 19. It says, uh, let's talk about Jesus here. So he, as in Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. 
So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, that's the crowds, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, of the, uh, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he was also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah, and Father God, we thank you, Lord, that that is you, that you are a loving father that you did make a way for anyone who will call on your name who will who will turn and follow you to have eternity with you to have sins forgiven as bills just shared father lord and we pray lord just as we quickly look through this holy spirit would you really ignite your values to us father would we again those who know you would you renew the joy of our salvation those who are inquiring would you reveal yourself as you did would you speak specifically to people as you did as bill just said god would you be glorified and would we be edified and everyone said amen okay so a couple of little bits to to add on to Bill, which I, I think did well. Um, I was reading, uh, you know, I, I love a bit of reading, and um, I was reading by C.S. Lewis, uh, author of the Narnia stories, a key Christian writer. But yeah, so much to be grateful for him. And uh, it, there's a there's a there's a story that's written about him where he walked in on a discussion in one of the uh, university chapels that he used to, or university complexes that he used to go to, uh, where people were trying to work out what was unique about Christianity. You probably heard it if you read him and and this is what he said he said oh that's easy Lewis apparently said as he entered the conversation it's grace Christianity is about grace we're brought into God's family not because we deserve it but because he gives it as a gift even when we are far away he sought us and found us and in an ultimate act of grace Jesus laid down his very life in the place of our sins yeah which is which is which is key do you know what I mean it's unique within Christianity and so for a couple of minutes I just want to talk as Bill did about the two ways that we see grace which is from God to us and from us to one another and uh, you know C.S. Lewis you know said there the ultimate act was God dying for us Bill alluded to it you know and and that is so key do you mean you know that that is the ultimate act of grace the ultimate act of sacrifice Um, but if we also look at the story of Zacchaeus and look at that, you know, last week we talked about the, the light of Christ coming into people. Well, in, in that story, we can see how Jesus himself is that light. <laughs> to me, you know, he's walking through and he's going to ignite Zacchaeus. Do you know what I mean? And then Zacchaeus is going to shine virtually immediately. If you look at the, 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 the transformation in him for, for Jesus to know others. And, you know, uh, if we look at Zacchaeus, we've all heard probably stories about him, but let's just make sure we're really clear on who we're talking about here. Because, you know, he's a chief tax collector. That's what the Bible says, which doesn't mean he sits in an office and sends naughty emails and asks for money at the end of January. And if you are self-employed, Lou's not here, but I'll do a service. <laughs> you know, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, a tax collector in those days um, was effectively a, a traitor. 
because he would have been Jewish and they, they were ro- uh, ruled by Rome. And so literally he's defected, do you know what I mean? You know, and is then being used by those who are in oppression, so that's not good. He's being used to take money uh, and quite often took a bit too much because that's how they got paid, that's how he got rich. And they took the money in whatever way they could, which would be the word extortion. So we're talking about someone to use you know, quite strong language who's a traitor and probably linked with extortion. You're not the kind of person that you would normally want to be associated with, shall we say, you know, in there. And let's not rush because, you know, what's happened is how Zacchaeus got to that place? Because, you know, to turn on your people and to be involved in those things, probably there's got to be some sort of triggers behind the scene. Now, we don't know what they are. You know, we don't know if he was, um, you know, wronged by someone. We don't know if he was disappointed. We don't know if he had uh, goals to build his own life. We don't know if he'd been abused. We don't know what's gone on in the background. But what we do know is that something like disappointments or hurts or the stresses of this world have caused him to turn effectively on his own people and, and become a chief tax collector. And what we also know, 100% this time, is that he wasn't content. Because if he was content, what was he doing looking to hear that Jesus was walking around? You know, the word had gone ahead that there was a prophet, a, a teacher, whatever the, whatever the rumour had been on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? You know, your Harlow would have been all over it. Do you know what I mean? Probably with a little photo as well. Do you know what I mean? But, but Jesus was coming around. And Zacchaeus, he, he's there, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? You know, word's gone out and he's straight in and he's looking for it. And then the next thing is, he's looking, Jesus notices. It was part of Bill's story. Jesus notices. Jesus noticed you and I. In whatever place we were, whatever mess, Jesus noticed and he will keep noticing for eternity. You know, that's it. And, and Jesus responds to, to uh, the heart of Zacchaeus. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a straightforward in, integration. You know, it's not a pretense from Zacchaeus. It's a, I'm going to go as so there with a genuine heart. And I love verse 6. I think this, this, you know, it says that he received him joyfully. <laughs> you know, the, 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 for those of us who have met Jesus... It has to be a joyful encounter. It's not a, a be. It's just a, a warm release, a, a hope imparted, you know, a renewing, which you can't describe else, elsewhere. You know that Zacchaeus's past is gone, and in that moment, a, a new creation comes. A second chance is given there, and immediately, as we said, you know, he's giving money back to the to the poor. He's offering to quadruple any wrongs he's done, and we can see a wonderful second chance given which you and I may well be able to relate to, grace exuded. But what the story doesn't tell us is what happened the next day. And by that, I mean, how did Zacchaeus relate to people the next day? How did people relate to him the next day? Bill's already gone there. And we know the expected answer, but it doesn't, doesn't tell us. But Jesus makes it very clear in other stories how we should relate. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, he talks to us about building one up. You know, you know, Bill mentioned, you know, there in Matthew, you know, we also looked at, you know, the greatest commandment, you know, love the Lord your God and then love others as yourself. 
You know, the Good Samaritan would be another bit of reading, if you want, you know, of how do you look at other people. That, that, that effectively, we give each other second chances. We exude grace to one another, you know. And, and, and I'll put my personal testimony in here. I am so grateful for second chances from people. You know, just a, a poll here. Hands up in work, church, family life, or anything. Who's grateful that someone's given you a second chance? You'd be able to say, sorry, make up and get, look, it's, it's probably the only time I'm going to get every hand up. Do you know what I mean? You're in God's central ever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because we get things wrong. We don't intend to. We get things wrong. You know? And it's how we respond to that. You know, funny enough, I sat down at a dinner table last night and within about five minutes I was in this conversation with Menard and, uh, and um, Tony. Do you know what I mean? You know, that we just get things wrong with it, you know? And, and for me, you know, if I look back, do you know what I mean? I've, I'm so grateful for God's work in my life, you know, for things that aren't counted. You know, if I bring it into God's central, our last 10 years, I'm so grateful for second chances. For many, many of you, in fact, probably all of you. Do you know what I mean? And you may laugh, but hear me, I am grateful because I know we, we get things wrong. And we're not talking about little things like not having coffee. We get other things wrong. Although that, for some of you, that might be a different deal. You might need to edit that bit, Ben. Um, but, but do you know what I mean? But I'm grateful. Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm looking out here, actually. You know, just put your hands up for it. If you've been in God's Central more than five years, so blunders, walkers, yes, Lisa, you can, yeah. Seriously, guys, honour you. Because I've probably made a lot of mistakes, a lot, a lot of mistakes, and I'm so grateful for your grace exuding that we go together. And as we go forward, we're, we're going to keep doing it. Do you mean? So we learn that when someone makes a mistake, that we keep that account short, that we don't start, you know, <laughs> gossiping on it. We don't start doing this. You know, there's a way that God talks to us about bringing together and processing as we're God first. You know, uh, I wanted to really come into land and close by saying that a lot of the time I think we get things wrong with things is because we feel maybe in competition with one another. Do you know what I mean? That, 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 you know, the world talks a lot about it, doesn't it, and status. But in, in Christ, there is no competition. You're not really sounding like you're convinced on that. Can you just say after me, no competition? Okay, it's a bit like Spurs and Arsenal. No competition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bad example, but you get my point. <laughs> well, half of you do. Um, <laughs> back on, but we're not in competition, yeah? You know, that you can be all God's called you to be. I can be all God's called me to be. Because God has placed us in places and he's not going to put us there where we're not going to flourish. It's the culture. It's having that second chance. There's room for all. Do you know what I mean? You know, and let's be part of a, of a gospel community where we look to invest ourselves and build one another up. That, you know, I've, I've put the phrase in my notes, God central cheerleaders. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go there because it probably conjures up images of pom-poms and, and dances. And I'm not doing that, okay? There will be no video in 10 years' time of pom-poms and video. But that's kind of the encouragement. Do you get what I mean? That, you know, that as, as people come up, and, and, and serve beautifully on music, as people serve on refreshments, as we did with the under-11s, that we, that we get behind and cheer. Because there's a world out there that wants to cut us down. <laughs> yeah? So we need to be those who encourage, who build up. You know, knowing that we will get things wrong. You know, we put in their ministry mistakes. There will be messages that go, go awry. I've done them. <laughs> Others in here have done them. You know? there'll, be, there'll be wrong notes. Shock horror. There'll be wrong words. There'll be no words. <laughs> you know? there'll, be, there'll be refreshments. You know, we're going to get it wrong. But that's okay if our hearts are set on Christ. 
and seeing first his kingdom because it's him who will build his church. I love the end of the verse. The son of man came to seek and save the lost. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't need us necessarily. doesn't need purple chairs, doesn't need blue chairs, doesn't need a pretty It's about Christ and it's about us getting the heart behind it. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it there that, that literally guys, you know, it's a huge deal for us is receiving a second chance from God and being quick to offer them to one another. Okay. And to keep biblical counsel to disagree, but not pull away from table. There's a big difference. Okay, Uh, be great. If we could just stand, we just want to pray and then we're going to sing the song Inside Out, which talks about a thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. And I just want to encourage you to enjoy God during that. You know, uh, yeah, just want to enjoy God during that. And it's going to be... It's going to be a little bit of a, of, a, of a response, but it is about that second chance. You know, so it's, so it's not an easy, it's not a little one, but it's like, you know, if you know that you just need to adapt to that, or there's people that you're in wrong steps with or anything else, this is just between you and God to process it. It's not going to be one where we're going to go to the side, it's just between you and God, because he sees and knows. And if you need to chat, yeah, we always like chat, <laughs> but this is more between us and him. Is that cool? Yeah, you're all nodding and smiling. That's good. Let's just pray and then let's, uh, let's cheerlead Ben and the band on <laughs> with pom-poms. <laughs> Father God, <laughs> thank you. Lord, I thank you. It says, you know, in your word, in Zephaniah 3.17, that you delight and dance over us. <laughs> that you cheer us on. <laughs> not, in our, not in our strength, not in our great You cheer us on when we're at the lowest of a low. <laughs> Because you are so for us. And Lord, we thank you for giving us a second chance. We thank you for your grace, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we may grab hold of that chance, that we may grow in our faith, that we may mature and become the men and women you call us to be. And Father God, thank you that when we trip, when we fall, that you'll pick us up again. That you'll put us back on our feet, that you'll encourage us to run again, that your wind of your spirit will come into us. And Lord, that you are for us and not against us and help us to be that way to one another, Father God. Lord, we love you. We love what you're doing in us and through us. And we say, God, would you increase it in Jesus' name? Everyone said, Amen. Okay, turn to the person next to you and just say, No competition. Even the Spurs guys and the Arsenal guys, okay? Even Spurs and Arsenal, not, no competition. Scott, mate, no, no competition. Right, let's enjoy Jesus.